DEI budgets are under attack, but the goals haven't changed. Whether you're looking to increase your DEI knowledge, expand your market reach, or gain a competitive advantage in business, we have the solution. TDM Library is your single source for expert curated DEI resources, strategies, and solutions, all designed to help you transform your workplace culture and be a more effective contributor. For $9.99 per month, you get access to our searchable subscription-based digital library. There, you'll find articles, practical how-to guidebooks, podcasts, award-winning micro-videos, and more than 700 Q&As designed to help DEI practitioners, thought leaders, and executives create a more inclusive workplace. Whether you prefer to listen, watch, or read, we have the resources for you. TDM Library goes beyond the basics to dive deep into topics such as inclusive language, the business case for DEI, talent acquisition, and C-suite engagement. For less than the price of a sandwich, you get access to our library of more than a thousand pieces of original expert curated DEI content. Join today and get your first 30 days free. Get your library card now at tdmlibrary.thediversitymovement.com. You can't stop me, nothing's gonna stand in my way. You're listening to the High Octane Leadership Podcast with Donald Thompson. The world is shifting around you. None of us were trained for this changing environment. You need high octane leadership in an empathetic world before your business is swallowed alive. This podcast focuses on actionable, hands-on tools you can use to become a high octane leader today and grow strong leaders throughout your organization to survive tomorrow. Join me along with global C-suite leaders, rising stars, ambitious entrepreneurs, and other leaders from across industries as we dissect, interrogate, and redefine high-octane leadership in an empathetic world. This podcast is your home for uncovering the tools, lessons, and strategies you need to push your leadership to the next level. Hey, this is Bob Batchelor. This week on High Octane Leadership, Don and I discuss imposter syndrome. Let me tell you, as a writer, imposter syndrome strikes all the time. It's like the little devil sitting on your shoulder as you're writing. And I know a lot of people out there are struggling with imposter syndrome when they get promotions at work, they get a raise. You're just not quite sure your place in the world sometimes. We all deal with this. It's an important topic. So join with Don and I, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and enjoy this week's episode. Um, I know you've you've read Teresa Sandy's book, and and so le- I'd love to just dive into that because I think it's important. It's part of the idea of high octane leadership. Like, so what are the undercurrents? What are yeah. the foundational pieces? I'm into it. Like, here's the thing, right? Being a high octane leader doesn't mean you have all the answers and you don't have fear, uncertainty, and doubt. It just means you do it in spite of. Like that's different. You do it in spite of those things. You do it in spite of the fears. You do it in spite of the roadblocks. So being a high-octane leader doesn't mean that things weren't a little bit tougher as a black man in technology, but I had to win anyway. I thought about what I needed to do for my family. I had to thought about the example I wanted to set for people that came behind me, what my kids would see, the legacy, and I had to go and I had to figure out how to win. But there are points in time when you're going into a new level where you're absolutely unsure and you don't know whether you make it or not. I'll, I'll be super transparent here, right? 
like we're launching this book, Underestimate It, right? And I'm talking to, and we've got this PR firm that's working with us. We've got this cool uh, publisher, Morgan James, that is like world renowned that you hooked us up with. And I'm like, I got the publishing contract and I'm like, is this for real? Are they going to do, <laughs> like, are, are they going to do research and figure out, like, what did Bob tell them? You know? <laughs> right? And you, you're doing speaking engagements, your own podcasts and, how many people listen to this podcast? I was on a podcast that is like a million downloads, million plus downloads. I'm like, okay. Say what? Say, yeah. <laughs> and so you can think that you're not worthy. You can think about all the flaws. When you look in the mirror, most people, not everybody, but most people, when you look at the mirror, you think about, man, I'm a little bit too heavy. Man, I've got a pimple on the right side of my forehead. Man, I'm bald, which is my case. <laughs> you want to hear my case? I'll be totally transparent. I'm like, Brad Pitt, that motherfucker. How he's my he's only a couple years older than me. How do you look like that? <laughs> right. Like you you don't look in the mirror like I don't. Like I don't either. And you look in the mirror and be like, Man, you gorgeous, <laughs> you gorgeous piece of man. <laughs> but you always think about the things that other people are better than, the other people have more than. And I was in an organization of CEOs, and it was the young um, president's organization called YPO. And I was a member for several years, and I really enjoyed my time in there. It just, I, I needed to transition out just because my schedule, and I wasn't really taking advantage of it, but it met tremendous people. The trips were great. The education was great. But here's one of the best pieces of advice that I, that I received as a part of this organization. So YPO is a group of some of the most successful CEOs in the world. Don't try to compare yourself to other people where it'll be a miserable experience. There's people that just met the guidelines in terms of the size of the company. There's people that are in G5 jets. There are people that are like you, they, this was the advice. Like, do not try to keep up with your fellow YPO members. Use this as a learning opportunity, growth opportunity for you and your family and get the most out of it for you and your family. And I remember that advice from that organization. And I thought about that as I was just thinking about my journey and growing as a leader in different things, that you really have to look at other people for inspiration. Mm -hmm. That's good. But you don't want to be comparing your folks to people so much so that you're only looking at your own inadequacies. And so imposter syndrome, whatever name you want to call it, right? But when I talked to Teresa and she's on my podcast, I'm so thankful that she did that. The book is phenomenal and, and it's an easy read, right? It's because the points that she's making are clear, concise, impactful, powerful. But you've got to give your room to grow into your dream state. You've got to give yourself room to grow into who you're going to become. And we're, none of us are finished products. Now I'm paraphrasing, none of us are finished products. And so I had to be real with myself and say, all right, these are some things I've done well. Here's some things that I'm struggling with. And one of the things that helps me with my bouts with imposter syndrome is when I'm talking with folks, I always talk about things that I messed up and I'm learning, yep. as well as things that I think I've done pretty well. I do both. So therefore, I'm reinforcing both. I'm saying, I'm still learning and growing. Here's something I learned and grow. Here's something I do pretty well that you should emulate. Don't do this, it was ridiculous. This is the part where you should not emulate me. <laughs> and here's some things that I think I'm, I'm doing pretty well. And by Having that balance and how I talk about the things I've achieved and the struggles that I've gone through reinforces that I'm okay for the things that I messed up 
and I'm not better than somebody else for the things that I do good. And I reinforce that message all the time because the world is really tough out there because it sets these unattainable ideas. There's this actor in Hollywood. He's Jen millennial, Zach Efron or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like the young version of Brad Pitt in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Good looking white super guy. Super cut. Super cut, right? A little bit funny. Yeah. Yeah. Smart enough, yep. but not a bookworm. Like the stereotypical, <laughs> like, superstar white guy, right? Yeah. But he was like, hey, man, these abs I got are total bullshit. Unless you get surgery, you're on some kind of restricted diet. It is not real. Please don't try that at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Because what we forget is that media and movies and magazines are the perfect representation. They're not everyday reality. Yeah. And that is an engine that is disappointing. I have daughters. And to look at the model, the prototypical thing that we think women or young women in particular are supposed to be, how social media has impacted the, the minds of young people in general, but young ladies in particular, yep. I'm not into that. And so that imposter syndrome is something that we all have to work on. It's something we all deal with at certain levels. It's okay to deal with it. Um, as you're hearing the sound of my voice in this podcast, we all have to work through it. And that's really what mentors and true friends, because your mentors and true friends are going to let you know where you're lacking, but they're also going to cheer for you where you're amazing. Mm -hmm. They're going to give you both of those points of feedback. And that's where some of the folks in my life have really helped me. They've not allowed me to get too high and mighty when I've done some things that, that are pretty good, but they've also not allowed me to beat myself up too much when I've struggled and, and where I need to kind of work and grow. Let's take a quick break. As a black professional, I faced many challenges inherent to contemporary America. I had to fight to secure my place and fulfill my dreams. Underestimated, a CEO's unlikely path to success is my story. Whether you are a young person of color, a rising leader in your organization, or someone who may feel a little bit lost, there is a path forward that is built on grit, determination, perseverance, and drive. I've dedicated my career to developing my leadership skills and then coaching others towards success. And underestimated, you can follow my unique path, uncovering business and life lessons that can help anyone realize their dreams. You can order underestimated wherever books are sold and find more information at donaldthompson.com. Now, back to the show. That's one of the things that I'm I'm really interested in finding out the reaction to underestimate it when young people start to read it. Because I know I've read that book so many times. I know you so I know you better than you think I know you <laughs> because I've read that book so many times. And there are points I remember the first time I read it, I'm like, oh, how's how how the hell is he gonna get out of this one? <laughs> Like you're in some shit. Yeah, there are some adventures. And like <laughs> and so and so I'm thinking, like, this is gonna help people see the real. And that's that's to me the value of this book. Yeah. Because there aren't the number jumped. It used to be seven black CEOs in Fortune five hundred ever in the list. Now it's twelve, but somebody just retired, it's down to like eleven or something. It's that's shitty. In the history of the Fortune 500, 
10, 11, 12 mm-hmm. blacks. Like, what the hell's going on with this world? Yep. And so for young people, young rising leaders, whatever, of all races, all however they look, however they identify, they're going to find something in underestimated that may help them see, like, you can achieve your dreams, you know, and I'm not, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. Yeah, like, I'm, sure. I'm serious about this because they're not seeing people who don't look like me yep. writing these books and, and trying to help them. That's an important piece to this puzzle. Yeah, I think I'm excited about the book. One of the things that's challenging with the book is I'm such an optimistic person that I learn from the valleys, but I don't dwell on them. And so the book created some reliving of the valleys. And, you know, not being able to keep food down because you can't pay your bills and you're thrown up on a work toilet, not because you were drinking out at night, just because of the stress of trying to make it, you know, wasn't my greatest moment. But I wouldn't trade my valleys. It's part of the humility that I have. It's part of why I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the things we're doing. I'm excited about our new venture with the diversity movement and the growth that we're having and the national recognition. I'm excited about the companies that, that we've sold and the people I've partnered with and things of that nature. I, I'm blessed and thankful for all those things. But the valleys is where you develop the character. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade those things because they ground me. And I think that's important. When you're, when you're an author, people think things about you all the time. Mm-hmm. And I've lived kind of this weird Forrest Gumpian life where I met a lot of really people that I had no business yeah. and, and, and had some pictures taken. And, and this, this one rock star, like verifiable rock star, I have pictures with me and him. And, and it's cool. Like it, it was just luck. It was a friend of a friend who was able sure. to do something. And I posted that online. And so people are like, oh, this is big shot best-selling author. They think I'm rich. They think I'm this. They think I'm that. They think I'm full of myself. But if you if you were in my room tonight and you watch me go to sleep, no matter the temperature of the room, no matter the situation, I sleep on my side. I pull the cover up over my ear because when I grew up, we didn't have heat in the winter. So the only way I could keep this ear from freezing was to put that cover over it. And that's who I am. That's the valley. That's who I see. Mm. So everything else I've done points back to that kid who grew up in a trailer in Western PA with no fucking heat. Now, luckily, I had a grandmother who gave us food. So that's, that's my valley. It's great to know that you're willing to share those. Yep. valleys. And, and there's so much to be learned from that. And that, that great American success story, there's some, some value to that. Now, the bad thing is it often has left way too many people behind sure. for reasons that they had no control over. But yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, imposter syndrome is rough for a lot of people and um, it's, it's something you got to deal with. Love this title, right? Find Your Fierce, Teresa Sand interrupt imposter syndrome and own your success. And, you know, the book I enjoyed, the title matters, right? You know, one of the things that I think that I've done well is you have to own your success. In order to own your success, you have to own your failures. 
And that's one of the things that I think is a challenge in today's society is nobody wants to own their failures. They feel entitled to success. Failure is always someone else's problem. It's always someone else to blame. And I get it. And there's some things that have been roadblocks in my life. I get it. I can, I get it. But because I wanted to own my success, I decided to own my failures and figure out how to win in spite of some of the barriers against it. And that attitude doesn't mean I'm naive, doesn't mean I don't understand that there are barriers. It means that I didn't want those barriers to limit my dreams. So therefore I had to own my success in spite of those barriers. And that helped me overcome the barriers. I didn't want the barriers to be bigger than life. I didn't want the barriers to shrink my dreams. I, I didn't want to go, you know, let's just knock on wood, knock on Formica, whatever this is. <laughs> but when my time's done, I don't want to look back and say what could have been. I want to leave everything out there. The thing that I'm working on now as, I, as people listen to this, right? I'm a big believer on not just setting goals, but writing them down. And whether you share them or keep them personal, that's up to you. There's different thoughts on that. But keeping them in front of you because your goals will help you make better decisions. If you have your goals in front of you of what you want, you know who to spend time with and who not to. You know what to eat and what not to. You know how much is too much to drink and how much is not. You know, people are talking about, right, toxic friends, toxic work environments. Why are you there that long? My question, toxic? Why are you there long enough for something to be toxic? Because obviously that environment shouldn't line up with your goals and your dreams. And I don't need something to get toxic to figure out something's not good for me. Now, again, I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying, why are you still there if we've gotten all the way to toxic? And being willing to evaluate environments, people, opportunities, and be a team player in organizations I'm a part of, but being confident enough to know that I should benefit also and making sure that there is a clear balance. And so imposter syndrome is not something I've overcome. It's something I've learned how to work through is the way that I would describe it. And thanks, Teresa, for this great book. Thanks for joining us this week on High Octane Leadership. Remember, if you want to check out Don's book, Underestimated, A CEO's Unlikely Path to Success, you can find that wherever you enjoy buying books. And if you'd like to connect with Don or I, hit us up on LinkedIn and check out donaldthompson.com for more information. We'll be seeing you soon.